I remember one of those times that I was walking around on the streets of New York just kind of muttering to myself. Um, you you, I had you this... blended in with a lot more New Yorkers, exactly. by the way. Exactly. <laughs> I actually had <laughs> a drama teacher in high school who was like, if someone's ever following you, just start doing a Shakespeare monologue under your breath and they'll think <laughs> that you're a crazy person and they'll leave you alone. Hey everyone, welcome to Uncoupling, the podcast that talks about breakups. Yes, that podcast, but we're also a podcast that talks about that breakups are not failures. It is just another chapter in your life to empower yourself. I'm your host, Holland Roden, and this week I am thrilled to introduce our guest, Jessica Roth. Hello. Jessica Roth is an amazing singer and actor, best known for starring in Universal's Happy Death Day, the indie Gaslight, and the upcoming film that just premiered at Toronto Film Festival with Bill Skarsgård, Boy Kills World. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glowing after <laughs> such a lovely little. Uh, we wax of poetic myself. career accomplishments. Uh, it's it's just nice sometimes to be like, yeah, those things happened, and also I love what I do so much, and so it's nice to see, almost get like a best of a reminder that we actually do work for a living in these yeah. times that we're we're not working that are just very odd, yeah. but also give us time to focus on. Other things. I feel like when people are like shouting at people's coffees, they should like shout out their career accomplishments instead. I agree. I (laughs) I love being people's hype person. Like I love and that's one of the reasons I'm I'm not a big party person, but I do love introducing people I love to other people because I want to be like, these are the things that they've done that make them amazing. Welcome to my friends. (laughs) It's not a roast. It's a it's a most. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I like that. Yeah. The most of. The most of. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. We like to talk about breakups on this podcast, but not for the obvious salacious reason. We like this idea of uncoupling because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is truly just a chapter to learn more about yourself, learn what you want to change, learn yeah. what you wanted a partner, learn if you want a partner. So that's why we're here. And everyone's a little brave to step into this like taboo conversation. So mm-hmm. thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I actually really like talking about breakups, breakups with my friends and and thinking about them because I, I do think that what you've said is so – like, of course, I – like many other people, I think I love kind of the salacious gossipy part of it because it's just so fun sometimes. And I think when you've had a friend who's gone through a really bad breakup, sometimes there's so much joy in being like, yeah, that person fucking sucks. They're the worst. But it is always because you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. through those experiences. And I know that like my I've had a couple breakups, but kind of the one for me that's the big bad, the big bad breakup definitely It was such an uncomfortable time, but it was uncomfortable because it was filled with so much growth and self-discovery. And the partner that I have now, my husband, A, I would have never met had Mm. I not been in that relationship. But also, I don't think I was fully formed and fully grown in a way that I could have accepted the kind of love that he was offering me. And so I, I just really love kind of everything your podcast is about. Thanks. And when, when was the, when did the big bad I love this idea that we're going to call this relationship the big bad because everyone's got a big bad yeah. in a lot of aspects of their life, but especially with relationships. How many years ago did the big bad end? I haven't seen the big bad in like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Wow. Um, and But the relationship ended in – I actually don't know if I know the right answer to this question because it kind of was a weird fade out and it – it just became so clear that it wasn't the right 
one, but I had kind of like twisted myself into knots, believing that he was the only good thing about me. Mm. That like when we would meet people, I would think um, like, oh, they must think I'm so lucky to be with this person. Like they, that, like that is being with him is because he's so amazing. It's it's a mark to me of being chosen. Um, and I very much, sometimes still am, but very much used to be someone who would kind of like absorb other, like I loved, I love going into someone's life and being like, and now I live here too. And like, uh, yeah. I love your friends and I love your activities and I want to do all the things you do because I love you and I, I like want to be a part of that. And I really, I think because we met so young mm -hmm. um, and also because of the insane nature of New York and trying to be an actor and and that whole process, I think that that was really accentuated for me. Um, Which is completely understandable. It's incredibly tantalizing to look up to something that you really think is 24 hours a day. It must be amazing to be that person. Yeah. And then you get to be a part of that person. Yeah. And like you said, you're setting up shop like within his identity and within his world. And yeah. that you are such a centered fixture in his world. Yeah. And I thought he was the best feeling ever in our yeah. 20s especially. Exactly. And I thought he was so talented mm -hmm. and so magnetic. And I, I was just like, oh, how you chose. Like that, I think, was a big theme for me, especially in my 20s was like, being chosen like oh, yeah. you chose me and there is weight behind that even when you're kind of being a dick i was living in new york city at the time and um this particular ex it had been going downhill for a while and i didn't trust him i didn't trust him at all i knew he was um having relationships with other people i knew i wasn't getting for the full story i knew i wasn't a priority but instead of taking those warning signs and being like, gotta go. I was like, ooh, this means I need to lean in harder. This like, means I, I need to really, work even harder. I, I am need, not succeeding. Exactly. Like, <laughs> there, this obviously must be something wrong with me that I'm um, – so I need to, like, prove my worth and work harder and do all these things and show him what an amazing partner I can be because we're obviously supposed to be together. And this is about my lack of – um, of worth rather than being like, A, we're probably not right for each other, and B, this person isn't treating me nicely, and I deserve better than that because I couldn't – I just was so twisted upside down. I couldn't even conceptually understand something like that. But we were in this incredibly kind of codependent, toxic relationship that just wouldn't end. And it doesn't feel toxic when it is that codependent. It feels no. loving. It feels loving yeah. and almost like air. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like air. And I, I remember – one of those times I was walking around on the streets of New York just kind of muttering to myself. Um, you you, I had you this... blended in with a lot more New Yorkers, exactly. by the way. Exactly. <laughs> I actually had a drama teacher in high school who was like, if someone's ever following you, just start doing a Shakespeare monologue under your breath and they'll think that you're a crazy person and they'll leave you alone. So maybe it was a weird like self-defense thing where I was like, if any stranger talks to me, I will just start crying. So I just need to drive everybody away. Um, but... I remember so clearly just thinking, like, you just have to put one foot in front of the other. When you're going somewhere, the way you get there is with many steps, many small steps. It doesn't feel like that much movement. But as long as every morning I wake up and I joined a kickboxing gym um, and – You were putting the pieces together slowly. I was. I was. And, and Even looking, if it was outside of your body, you were still doing that. Exactly. And looking yeah. back, I actually – that was a time when my friend group shifted because the breakup felt so messy and so overwhelming – I branched out. I made a lot of new friends. It was kind of 
um, around that time is when I really started working more in film, which I don't even think was a conscious choice, but I was from theater. Yeah. And, okay. and I loved it. And I didn't know if I if I would. And I just started being cast in more projects that were um, indie, like indie films and other kinds of things. And and I, I'm sure that there is some correlation to an opening up in me and maybe a different kind of vulnerability that was translating in a different way. Um, I also just stopped saying no to anything. I be, It was a big summer of yes. Um, big bad led to a lot of yes. A lot of yes. <laughs> big bad led to a lot of yes. I was in a place where what I needed from a friend in that moment was being like, fuck that guy. Not speaking to him never again. You and so, like a girl gang. Yeah. And yeah. so anytime I would find out that someone who I felt like Aww. was someone that I assumed would be in that camp had like had coffee with him or was having contact with him, I felt so betrayed. And the funny thing is since then, I've been in that situation with someone where it's not even that I particularly like the other person. It's just that I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if I feel comfortable icing this person completely. And so I have a lot more empathy for the humans in my life who... It was a bit murkier. When we're younger, more. it's more polarizing. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, man. I really – I'm lucky that I have an amazing family and my mom especially. And my parents were like, bridge burn never <laughs> That again. was your girl like, gang I, were your parents. Yeah, my parents were my girl <laughs> gang. Uh, so when that relationship did end, how soon did your husband – form? you know, future husband slash friend at the time, how quick was he to step in and be – the shoulder to lean on and and be a support system. Well, our first friend hang was like not even a week after the breakup had happened. Okay. And I showed up and it was just like mascara running down my face and just sobbed in this coffee shop um, in, in Gramercy. And then we finished hanging out and he was like, I'm, I need to leave because I'm meeting up my friend to eat pie do you want to go eat pie with us? And I was like, yes, I was going to say the first food you do, you know, did what did you eat when you first broke up? But it was, it was potentially pie within the first week at least. Yes, yeah, pie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, what kind of pie? Do you remember? I do. It was they. It was this place called Blue Stove that isn't there anymore because of COVID, which is Aww. very sad. And they had an incredible apple pie. And then we also had a chocolate pie. And oh, both cho- of them were fantastic. The chocolate cream pie? And they made breakfast biscuits that would knock your socks off. Like it was – it's a crime that that place is gone. Aww. It was such an institution. I love it so much. Um, I love like well-made breakup foods. It's not like Cheetos at from 7-Eleven. It's like yeah. that, there's like heart put into those types of yeah, dishes. Yeah, it really – That makes it like in just a lot fonder to tell the story. I'm sure in the mm-hmm. moment it felt – very numb, and you're like, can I even taste the chocolate yeah, cream pie? Yeah, but- exactly. But it, but it, the, but also the plate. The I have such a visceral sense memory of that place because it, when it was cold outside, the windows would steam up because there was so much like yummy, doughy, yeasty, <laughs> like yeasty window, <laughs> warm <laughs> smell that existed. In Did that you guys place. ever go back? Oh, we, uh, when we started dating, that was like every weekend oh, we would wow. go there. It was one of our favorite places. Um, but I didn't even. My husband wasn't even the first person I started dating because we were just yeah, friends. friends. So and you, so you, that's good that you went on other dates. Not that oh, you yeah. knew your story in the future, but, but it was subconsciously. It, it was good. I had like would I said, you tell him about the us. dates? Yeah, yeah. He knew. He knew about all of that. I mean, I and I tried to 
I short of getting on a dating app, I had someone set me up on a blind date. I went on a date with someone who asked for my number at a bar, which I had never done. Goes into nightmares, but I've done that before. It's yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It was lackluster, <laughs> it's very but it lackluster. Was fine. <laughs> um, I dated this uh, this very lovely, very funny British boy for a while who only wore red socks and was like, like it was. It's that person that you look back and you're like, yeah, I did that person when I was in my 20s and lived in New York. Um, and I only have fond memories of him. Though he, when he, when we broke up, we'd only been together for like a month. He told me that it was because he could tell I was falling in love with him, which I thought was like the most condescending thing that anyone had ever said to me. <laughs> Except then me being me, I walked away and I was like, was I falling in love with him? Maybe I, uh, maybe I didn't know it. And I You were still like, growing your empowerment stage of yeah. – of, of, Creating your own voice in your head yeah. versus what people uh, would tell you or you would convince yourself you thought because of what they would exactly. think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I still was kind of a glutton for punishment mm-hmm. that I was really convinced that part of a lure of the – like I, I had a little thing almost for like bad boys but like emotionally. Red like Sox more, bad boys. Red Sox bad boys. <laughs> but more kind of I think bad boys for me in the sense of like – Oh, boys who kind of just aren't nice to you. Mm-hmm. Whereas my husband, when we didn't start dating right away, even once we realized we liked each other because it was so fraught with uh, just weight of so much overlap and things, I would always ask him, I was like, why are you so – you're so respectful and you're so kind to me and you like – and he was like, first of all, it's a crime that no one's ever treated you this way because I'm just doing the bare minimum. <laughs> But also, you didn't know me when I was 25. And when I was 25, I did not have the capacity to treat women correctly. I was going to ask how many how he, how he many relationships you saw him go through or dates that you saw him go through. And, and did he improve over time as well? Did oh, totally. I mean, he only really dated one person while we were, will they, won't they? Like, friendship quickly into a, like, like the first time – that I know this is supposed to be more about breakups than current relationship, but the first no. time that that I realized I was in love with him, we were sitting in his apartment and we were going to go out for drinks with some friends and he was playing like a video game. And I looked over at him and I swear to God, in that moment, my eyes turned into like little heart-shaped emojis and I was like, it just tra- transitioned it just that changed. one moment. It all, it all changed and then we avoided each other for a while because it, it, was, too, it was too scary. Um, but... So I only saw him in that one relationship, and I do think that there was – we also dated long distance for five years, which was – That's a thing. It was a thing. Yeah. Um, and so we we both had a – I think the relationship that we're in now has gone through a lot of growth. Um, but even at the time when we started seeing each other, he was kinder to me than anyone I had ever been in a relationship with and more respectful and also more like, I want you to do your own thing. Like, don't do my thing. You're welcome to. You're welcome to come along. But, like, you don't like this. Why? Like, go do something that makes you happy. The solitude. Um, Yeah. (laughs) He was a big advocate of my own – me pursuing my own joy. Um, Because I think he is very good in a way that I do think is rare, but I feel like is more uh, ingrained in men and maybe taught to men. He is so okay taking space for himself and just doing the thing he wants to do. And Mm -hmm. if he doesn't want to do something, he's like, no, thank you. And it never feels shitty. It never feels bad. And I I long for and hope to and wish to 
be better at that because I think that it, it's healthy. It's one, this podcast is one little chip in the bucket of trying to reteach girls that are coming up mm-hmm. after us that why is it? Because I completely agree that that men take more time for themselves and uh, – you know, if they did, if they don't go to something that you've invited them to, and then you later found out, well, they went to the, the driving range to play mm-hmm. tennis. You're like, you can't install install joy in yourself after you've turned down my offer yeah. for my activity. Yes, they can. Yeah, <laughs> they can't go do that. Yeah, and they will, and they should. Uh, and so I find that, um, yeah, I think we're around the same age, and in our 30s, growing up in the 90s, there's a lot of. Uh, I guess, like unconditioning that I hope the next generation will build better support systems and walls around themselves uh, that build more identity and can earlier prepare themselves, even though you were still quite young when you when you met your husband, um, not having to go through some of those growing pains. Maybe it's necessary. Maybe it's something that we subconsciously will fall back on anyway. But at least if we're told the words, maybe it'll come around through osmosis. So. In that, would we say, like, year, like, walk me through a timeline of, like, week one, month one, where did you feel the transitions and, like, what was the process of breaking up? What were the things on your list that you prioritized? So much of it is a blur. Um, Oh, also, uh, I think part of the answer to this question, which is a question you asked earlier and I realized I just took a really long tangent and didn't ask it, the breakup was not a swift one and done. Okay. It it definitely prolonged – Oh, uh, there were many late night tearful show up at each other's places. <gasps> not good. Don't do it. Um, it was very bad. And like, like I straight up had one night where he showed up at my apartment at eleven o'clock at night, and it was like a Stella, like like he was like candles. Uh, yeah, and I was like, this is so romantic. And I look back, and I was like, that was so incredibly. Unfair. And what made um, you hold your guns and say, we're not going to get back together? I didn't at first. I didn't mm-hmm. at Well, so part of it was, luckily for me, I had enough time to mourn and grieve and gather my pieces before he, that started happening. Okay. And so I – my feet were on the ground a little more because initially after the breakup – so week one, I like a blur. I remember waking up the morning after the breakup and being like, oh, my God, I'm still alive. Like this, this the the sun exploded, but I'm still here, and that was both an alarming way to feel, but also I think in some ways validating of like this thing that you thought was the thing that was making your world go round isn't there anymore, and the world's still spinning. You're still here, and you're still you, and you're still fine. And so it was a little bit of an acknowledgement of like, oh, I thought this was air that I was breathing, but maybe it was something else. You stepped outside of the Truman Show. Exactly. And, and I was like, oh, there's a bigger world. You held on to that when he did show up at your house. Yeah. But but and then I did a lot of kickboxing like every day then crying in kickboxing class to the point where the teacher would come up being like, are you okay and I was like yes but what a healthy way to like expel yeah lots of kickboxing lots of yoga I crying while kickboxing yeah (laughs) I I unfortunately had had very little appetite when I'm in active grief which I think was part of it um but I remember the first day I was with a director friend of mine and we were talking about the breakup and I suddenly got ravenous I was so hungry and we went there was this place called the meatball shop and you could get like meatball and whatever kind of meat you wanted plus a sauce like you could customize your own little meatball experience and I loved it um and I just remember 
I couldn't eat enough. And she said something that I think was so smart about like you're I think you're in an, you may not know it, but you're in a new stage of grieving this breakup. Did you know it though? Because whenever I feel a big tinge of hunger, it's like something awakens in you and you feel a pivot. You feel a transition. In the moment, I don't know if I did. Looking back, okay. I think so. But I, I was so it was I was so out of body for those couple months. The first couple, I I just felt like I was sleepwalking through life, and I was doing a lot of things that I knew in my brain I needed to do. Like I didn't want to go to kickboxing or yoga. I didn't want to go hang out with my friends and eat meatballs. Um, but I'm glad I did all those things because also then I definitely went through that part of the breakup phase where. It was all I could talk about. And I also, another thing I remember is getting to that point where I was like, I'm so bored with myself. Mm. I'm so bored of talking about this and talking about him and just talking about. Well, that was you like reaching your current yeah. size and then busting through that out. shell. Exactly. What was your biggest change coming out of the relationship? And it's hard to boil it down to like a top three or. Oh, man. Um, knowing my own self-worth mm-hmm. and, and being fiercely defensive and offensive about making sure that I am in a partnership that honors that. I think I became a much better communicator. Um, Like when my husband and I were dating long distance and I moved here, I was able to actually move here and make friends and start relationships. And it wasn't, I wasn't always like, oh, maybe I need to go back because I feel Mm -hmm. unsafe being alone. It was like, no, I love being alone. Here, I love this person. I wish they were here, but I also can build a life for myself and it's not dependent on someone else's life. Which is a great assignment maybe is 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 long distance, although it's more difficult, but if you don't start as long distance and then you've tried it out as an mm-hmm. assignment to instill your own identity mm-hmm. after dating this new yeah. person. And that was also a big test for me specifically in this body and this mind with these emotions because that was something I – like I think there are people who have a little – who maybe their lesson isn't that, but that for me was a huge, like you said, a really good assignment. But peace, peace is what should come in a relationship, yes. not angst or uh, you shouldn't be more inside your own head. It yeah. should it should bring you outside your body or outside your head. I should say, yeah. this is the good relationship. My my therapist would always say she was like I don't think it's supposed to be this hard and I was like no it is this hard because I am like I am so in love and I'm so committed and we're like we're really in love and that's why we're fighting and she was like no um and then when I started dating my husband I was like oh this is so easy and there also was I remember the first time I confronted him about something and I was so scared I had so much fear around this confrontation Mm -hmm. and he was like oh okay totally I'm sorry and and it was so I it like <laughs> blew me away, and it wasn't even that big of a thing. I was I was needing to talk to him about. I think I was I had just um, built up so much stored trauma around situations that felt confrontational. A because my ex would do this thing sometimes when we would fight, where he would just like put his head on the t- like he would look at me and then just put his head on the table. He would disengage. He would completely disengage. But again, in terms of things I learned about myself, I think it was also because I wasn't being as direct. I, and maybe in those mm. moments, I don't honestly remember because it was triggering and bad. But in the parts that I can take um, 
ownership of yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And ownership of the ways that I changed. It's like, oh, you went from being a very, very, it's still, still a people pleaser. Don't get me wrong, but like an intense people pleaser who was willing to completely bend over backwards and spend all day baking cookies and then taking a train to go to Connecticut to give them to your boyfriend's classmates so that they would like you so they would remind him how great you were <laughs> like that it was that the prior my priority shifted yeah um and I just became so much better about vocalizing what I needed mm-hmm. um which then is gr- great and I you know I think I also felt I still fall into this trap sometimes but I definitely before fell into the trap in a big way of wanting my partner to read my mind and that that was a sign of love um, and wanting to be that person for my partner. And now it's like, no, like you just, you can gotta, just ask, just ask. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make it less wonderful. If you ask, say to your partner, you know what? I really need a hug right now. The hug is still filled with love and well-intentioned just as much as if they see you and they're like, I'm going to give, they need a hug. Like, mm-hmm. or it doesn't matter. It's the same dinner. result. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, but I get that it's, it's intoxicating wanting someone who knows who knows but that's you. that's a fantasy and that, yeah. that's where i think um you know even this idea that a breakup is like we said a bad thing it's not a bad thing that's a myth that yeah. we've been conditioned to not talk about breakups sweep it under the rug they disappear from a, an instagram grid yeah. it's it's like they've never existed because we don't want to admit that's a failure but yeah. it's not a failure we just structure it as a failure but really it's a, it's a quite a pivot it's, to a lot of gifts. It's funny because it's I mean, we we're talking so exclusively and very much about a romantic breakup, but I'm actually working on developing a project um that I love so much with my manager that is about friendship breakups mm-hmm. in that way and but also how like one thing we kind of explore in it is just because the breakup happened doesn't mean that the relationship was for naught because you've probably learned incredible things about yourself and whether the relationship fed you or not, like whether some of the most, like I'm sure if I really thought about it, there are wonderful things that that my ex gave me. my And also mm-hmm. that I know ex-friends that I've had that I've had breakups with, that I am who I am because of them in positive ways within the relationship. But I also very much know like going through those hard times um, have made me like put on put on my big girl boots and pants and, and go through them. But but you're totally right that we just don't talk about it's so much. It's like even I'm noticing it with myself on this podcast. I want to pivot and talk about like my wonderful husband. And, and that is such a direct correlation of the 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 breakup led you. The to breakup these led me to this wonderful, amazing thing. And for me, it's such a direct correlation and such a tangible connection that it's really easy to put um, a lot of the celebration in that. But it's it is less fun and hard it, to talk about the breakups. And I also think it's so interesting the ways that those breakups change and the way we talk about them, the further away mm-hmm. you get from them. Mm. But mm-hmm. still, I don't know if you have any like this, like, I might need to see this person soon. And the thought of seeing them makes me want to curl up. And yeah. yeah, I think, you know, knowing that if you're in a different chapter in your life, you're still going to be affected by a chapter that's earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. But you've learned so much between that chapter and the chapter you're in yeah. now. 
it's just armor that's going to more elegantly carry you through that experience. Yeah. Not that you can't feel the the pin, the, yeah. pin, the pricks from the from the earlier. That's chapter. such a beautiful way to put you that. Know, you're in a book. Yeah, and you're much further down in the in the story. You're in like Act Three. Yeah, and and that was Act One. Yeah, and so you've already been through the climax and. The, the themes are already, already you know, set yeah. in place. And so all you need to do is just sit in your current chapter and you'll feel it, but you don't have to live in it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you were going to write, because I think there needs to be the, it's like the real, the real love story to little girls. Yeah. And what moms and, you know, aunties and, and best friends, what we should be telling all of our friends' daughters, our own daughters, would you say identity and feeling like you're choosing mm. yourself is so important before choosing someone else. Yes, 100%. Because I think that like one of the things I loved so much about my husband, who I think is the best, um, and one of the things that I kind of wasn't ready for until the big bad breakup happened and I did a lot of work was this idea of I'm okay on my own mm -hmm. and you're okay on your own. And when we're together, that's amazing. But also – I have enough autonomy and enough confidence in myself and I'm actively choosing to take care of myself and that makes me a better partner for you rather than kind of dropping everything and and running to coddle or baby mm -hmm. or fix. Um, and I, I still personally struggle with that um, because I, I love – I'm a total people pleaser and I love also to feel very – needed. Um, and I think that a lot of women, we're taught in so many ways, conscious and subconscious, that that being needed as a woman is an incredibly powerful thing. Um, so need yourself. Need yeah. yourself. Need yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely, um, yeah, can relate with that. Oh, and <laughs> sorry, that just made me think of something else I feel like is so important that I learned. Right after the breakup, I was so convinced that he had, like, vampire stole my shine. I was like, I used to be so much, like, cooler and funnier and talented and all these things. And I gave him all my power. I gave him my power and I let him, like— The jar's empty. The jar's empty. <laughs> and he's going to go on and be with someone else. And he took this from me and I will be alone and sad and empty forever because he stole, like, my soul. And that's just not what happens. It's not – that's not how it works. Ariel is fiction. Works. <laughs> I know, but I really like thought it wasn't. Um, no, but I just – I I do think that, you know, hopefully the next generation and beyond of – not just of women, but of, of loving, humans. caring, open mm -hmm. human people – learn that like boundaries are good and knowing your own self-worth is good and not giving away your power is good. But also if you are an extreme empath, which I do feel that I am, and if you are someone who really loves to give energy, it doesn't go away. It's not a one, like you have resources and it, it will come back even if you feel like that's been taken from you. Because um, I do think that that's such a big part of breakups that I've seen in myself and people that I love and care about is that feeling of like almost I was bamboozled. I was tricked and I gave away this time or I gave away this part of myself or this part of my heart or my energy or resources, whatever it is that you feel like you've been 
cheated of something and that's been taken away from you, but you just, you are whole in who you are and no one can, they, they can, what they can do is they can make you doubt that it's there Mm -hmm. and they can also make you sad. And sometimes when you're sad, it's hard to see the beautiful, like connective buzzy glory that is you inside of you and what makes you unique. Um, but no one can take that away from you, even in a shitty breakup. And even, even all those amazing years that you did give to him and to yourself, mm-hmm. just because they're no longer with him, it's not like uh, the jar was empty because it was with him. And now it's, it's with a new person. You have to refill it in a different way. Like you're the through line through it yeah. all. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I do really love that I have that now, a better understanding of that now. And it doesn't, it doesn't always feel true, but yeah, like you said, and I think that's one of the reasons that me being in a long distance relationship at first with my husband and me moving so soon after this breakup and being in a new space, I was like, oh, I'm the only constant here. Mm -hmm. That's wild. That's the first time that's been true. And it's pretty it's pretty okay. Like I'm I'm good with this. I I like I like that I'm the constant. Um and I think that so often in relationships it's hard to hold on to that, especially when you're young and figuring it out and throwing mud at the wall and seeing what sticks. And the biggest takeaway I think for him hopefully is that you've learned all these lessons about yourself with him as the catalyst. Mm-hmm. And let's just hope that he did the same for himself. Yeah. That you were a bunch of lessons for him and a mirror for him. Yeah. To realize that he didn't mean it at all when you got back to New York. Yeah. Well, and also that, like, one of the other big things that I realized with us in a relationship, he and I, was we just were not right for each other. Like, what I hope – I don't know because I do not talk to this person. But what I hope is that he – Um, I was never going to, I'm not a fighter. I I fight for things I believe in, but I don't like confrontation. I do not like it. He, the person he is with now, I think that like (laughs) he needed a little bit of pushback. And I was like that, you know what? That's never going to be me. It's never going to be me. And that's not my fault. And it doesn't make me a less good partner in the world, it makes me a less good partner for him. Mm-hmm. But even if they're not, it's more about um, one of the big things I learned is not everyone is right for everyone. Mm-hmm. And and it's okay to find the, the right person right. for you yeah. um, and not to try to fit around peg into a square hole. Was there a particular point that you do the kickboxing and the crying and building new friendships? You're like, I like being alone or I prefer being alone. That there was that crossover of needing to be the fixture in someone else's life and that desperate feel Mm -hmm. to be needed, that desperate need to be needed, and then you preferring to be alone. Yeah, you know what? I think there was. I, As you say that, I have a very visceral memory of lying in a yoga studio and looking up at the ceiling in Shavasana. And I don't know if in that moment I was like, I like being here by myself, but I think I just felt very autonomous in that moment. And like, oh, I'm, I moved to New York by myself and I live here and I 
pay my own bills and I have a job and I like all of these things that I don't think I gave necessarily was giving myself credit for. Um, and even if they were things that had been born of pursuing a career or maybe slight decisions that had been made in relation to other people, it was like, but you built this life and you did this thing and you are the one who fought and continues to fight every day to do it. And I, I still – there are still things that I would much prefer to do with other people. Like I don't know if I'm ever going to be someone who loves traveling alone because oh, I, I love yeah. I love forming memories with people, whether it's my romantic partner or friends or my family. Um, I just – I personally – and then we can talk about it. Like I just get a lot of joy from that. But I, I, um, I also love doing pottery or art. Um, I love reading. Like there are there are kind of solitary activities that I feel so much more comfortable and more in my skin doing. Um, are there particular hobbies that you took on since the breakup, which has been a hot second, but something that maybe you wouldn't have done in that previous relationship that you do do now? Oh, I feel like all of all of all of them. All of them. <laughs> well, because I think that I, I think a lot of times even the things that I did then we're in service of him and in service of wanting to feel kind of um not worthy but 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 it it was in service of the relationship whereas now uh, when i do like i've i've started doing pottery recently and it's been a really interesting process because i'm for the first time developing my visual art artistic voice and that feels really intense and kind of scary because I'm like well, I don't know what it is and and one of my friends who's a potter who also is teaching me how to oil paint and all these other things like he's like but you'll figure it out you have an artistic voice just lean into it make some mistakes and I don't know if I could have done that in that relationship because I think I would have been so worried about getting it right or almost not wanting to like the, 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 I don't even know if this was true but but for example like being in a relationship where it's like oh well it makes this person it makes my partner feel sad every time I draw something that they can't draw Mm. so I'm not going to draw like those were the kinds of decisions I was making in that relationship and again very much not necessarily because the partner I was with at that time asked that of me or expected it but I think I put that on myself of a filter. A filter. And in order to be loved by this person, I need to diminish myself. And I, I maybe I was getting that message from externally from the world or from him, or maybe it was just internal because it was an expectation that I had somehow jumped to. I just think if love is, we're taught as the number one thing that we could achieve. And so you're thinking, oh, if I put all my energy towards building this love Mm -hmm. that equals more happiness and that joint love will be so much more worthy than my single love Mm -hmm. like my my solo love yeah um my singular love i guess you could say yeah so it's like oh well if that hobby doesn't you know put eggs in the basket towards that big joint love it's not really a it's not going to be as fulfilling yeah but it doesn't have the same currency almost yeah um and Almost all of the art projects I would do around the time that I was in a relationship with the big bad were gifts for him. Mm-hmm. It never was just like, I'm just going to draw this. Because we were I building wanna... the joint love. We building the joint love. <laughs> I was really committed to that joint love. Yeah. Um, but it's also cool and fun because like the first time I ever baked bread was with my ex. 
and I love baking bread. And that's something so I've that's been something able to, got to carry, carry forward. forward. Ah. Whereas my husband and I now are beekeepers. And um, that is probably something I never would have done with my ex. I don't – maybe he <laughs> is very into being an apiarist. That's the I only thing we're going to talk about at the wedding is how much you both love bees now. How much we love bees all and love our you. honey. We're going to be like, wow, <laughs> we all – maybe we should consider, like, opening this relationship. Um, no. Uh, but – yeah, I, I do. That is one thing I love about relationships and that I always try to remember even when something's ended is I love meeting people and getting to know them and and learning about parts of the world I never would have learned about otherwise. Um, and I think that then figuring out which of those you want to carry forward after that relationship ends is always important. Like I always – I love Parks and Rec and I always think about um, – the Ann Perkins character and how she takes on like the hobbies and the interests of whoever yeah. she's dating at the time, but then throws them away because she doesn't she doesn't actually enjoy care it about any of them. And so I I I hope that you can put honey on your bread. That's my hope for you. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> and I made a challah which had honey in the bread. That's yeah, even that's more the meta. real metaphor. That is the metaphor. Challah, challah. <laughs> we are going to play a game because I love games. Try your best for a one-word answer, but it can be like a hyphen answer. Oh, I'm so bad at one-word answers. That's okay. It can be hyphen answer. Great. It can be one sentence. This is called the uncoupling lightning round. I will say that correctly. Number one, there's 11 questions on here. We could do a pass and come back if you need. Great. Number one, when was your first breakup? High school. He broke my heart. Shattered it. My car died because we sat in the car talking about the breakup, and then the light was on, and he drove away, and then my battery was dead, and I had to call my parents to come pick me that's up. That's one word. That's one word. That's totally that's, one word. That's one yeah, word. Yeah. That's a great Keep one word. Going. Sorry. Do you remember your first crush? Yes. I do remember my first crush. It was a, a boy in kindergarten. What is the best example of a relationship in your life? I would say my parents. Aw. Yeah. What is your go-to breakup movie? Probably Sleepless in Seattle. What is your go-to breakup song? Alanis Morissette, anything. Jagged Little Pill Jack album, Jagged Little course. Pill album, whole way through, screaming at the top of my lungs. Okay, I, we already talked about this pie story, which I love, but what is your breakup food? It can still be the pie. But like cake. Cake. First thing you do after a breakup, which we kind of know. Cry. Cry, kickbox. Yeah, mo- mostly Both. cry. Mostly cry. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was your number one red flag in a relationship or a potential relationship? Lying. Lying. It's not cute. What is your number one green flag in a relationship or potential relationship? Um, kindness. Kindness. Yeah. And what is your beige flag? To describe a beige flag, what is a fun quirk of yours that you think your partner loves about you? That's a beige flag. Apparently. Uh, I mispronounce a lot of words. Oh, that's fun. Um, I am... I don't know if this is why I'm dyslex, slightly dyslexic, but I, for a really long time, said demon instead of demon. Okay. In a long-term relationship, last question. What was the moment you knew your husband was the one? It was more there were a lot of little moments. Um, but I, yeah, it it just, it kept building into something better and better. It's the, the, the snowball effect, the rubber band, yeah. the rubber band ball effect. Yeah. Yeah. Which was nice. Just a lot of little rubber bands. Yeah, and he is still putting rubber bands on that ball. Oh, good job, husband. <laughs> Thanks for playing the slight thunderstorm of a lightning round. <laughs> yeah, I told you bad at one-word answers. No. There's lots of hyphens between I'm, words. 
not preach practice. I'm not practicing what I preach because I am not in for one word answers, but we're trying. We're trying our best. So last but not least, to take us out, what are your words of wisdom? Uh, words of wisdom. I really think is you are you contain multitudes and you are worth so much and you deserve to be with someone who celebrates and loves and appreciates all of the wonderful, weird, hard, terrible, bad things. And But we'll end on wonderful. All of the wonderful, weird, bad, terrible, fantastic, beautiful things about you. Um, and if you are in a relationship with someone who does not see all those things, you will find someone who does. And so it's time to move on. And you should also know your own worth. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on and being so open and vulnerable and proving that breakups are not failures. They are just the next chapter to empowering yourself. And your story is like textbook of how we can teach, like you said, not just girls, but young humans of how to love themselves differently and earlier on. Yeah. If you're in a bad relationship, get out. There are better things on the other side. I promise. <laughs> thank you all for listening to Uncoupling. And thank you to Jessica Roth for her sage advice. We really appreciate you being so vulnerable. And don't forget to subscribe to Uncoupling. I'm your host, Holland Roden, and we will see you next week. Uncoupling Podcast is produced by Stampede Ventures, Jason R. Ellis, and Holland Roden.